Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. Radio listeners, and you're back for another exciting session of Q&A with Bishop Julian. You're here with your faithful hosts, Jeremy Ambrose. Hello. And myself, Javina Graham. And yet again, we are going to put Bishop Julian Porteous... On the spot. On the spot. So today, Bishop, I have the great pleasure of greeting you in the time of Pope Francis. Many happy greetings to you. Now, this this Pope Francis, who we've just been... Just we're just beginning to know that he's the Pope of Firsts, as they say. He's the first Jesuit Pope. He's the first Pope, first Pope to take the name Francis. And he's the first Pope from South America. So I'm just wondering what, what light you can shed on his South American background and his character in general for us. Mm. I think all of us are really fascinated by Pope Francis and by a number of, a number of these factors associated with his, his background and his character. And I suppose we're all wondering... What contribution is he, is he going to make, and what distinctive quality is he going to bring to the to his role as as, as pope? And I, I think many of us uh, immediately want to know more about him, about his background, and and so on. I, I think one of the significant things is the fact that he is from South America, uh, as as has often been said. We haven't had a pope from outside of Europe. Um, for millennia, so it's 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 quite a new phenomenon. We've had now a number of popes from different parts of Europe, but somebody certainly he's a first pope from South America, and we've got first pope for a long, long time who's come from a place outside of Europe, and I think immediately that should be taken into consideration because uh, the church in South America has its own unique history, culture, background. And it's, it's more immediate uh, social and political history, which I'm sure have had a big influence on, um, on Pope Francis. And um, to a certain extent, because probably a lot of us in Australia um, and in other parts of the world probably don't know a great deal about South America and a great deal about Argentina, uh, there is a, a certain unknown quality. I think we have to be ready for a few little surprises. Um, just some simple things like the the Catholic faith in South America lives at a very uh, popular level. That's something which uh, is is right through the culture. When you go to South America, one of the things that strikes you is that it's it's almost in your face. The Catholicism, uh, it's on the taxis. It's there are statues everywhere. Um, so the faith is is a lived reality. It's part of daily life. It's not somehow shunted off to the side. And um, so that's the, Pope, that's the faith that the Pope Francis would have grown up in and, and, and lived as a Jesuit and as an archbishop. Little things like um, um, South Americans have a great devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And so it's very interesting to notice that he said that the day he was uh, elected Pope, that the next day he wanted to go and visit the Madonna. And when he went to St. Mary Majors um, before the uh, icon of Our Lady there, he placed some flowers before her. I think it was a very beautiful gesture and something which I think reflected his South American background. I think, I think some of the other things that are uh, important with regard to South America is that South America 
has had you know quite a troubled history in um, in recent times. It's been a, a there's been a period of great social unrest. There have been some terrible uh, right wing militaristic dictatorships. Um, there was a struggle uh, involved with, um, with with pursuit of freedom and, and justice that gave rise back in the 1970s to the to liberation theology, um, which uh, really, while it had very good intentions to try to uh, align with the needs of the poor. Uh, also created some very th- serious issues with regard to its orthodoxy because it it tended to to move away from the spiritual orientation of the gospel to to a more um, uh, approach to to just dealing with this this world's issues alone. It was an issue. It was something that um, both Pope John Paul II and also um, Cardinal Ratzinger at the time uh, spoke out very clearly against and. Pope Benedict himself, um, as a young Jesuit, found himself caught in that uh, in, in that situation. He himself opposed um, liberation theology and found himself actually moved to a very isolated part of Argentina and so spent many years almost in isolation because he himself did not support liberation theology. So he's got all of that background uh, behind him. And I'm sure that has um, significantly shaped his character and his approach um, to the, the challenges of the church. Of course, the other great issue that was very clear in, in his own heart and mind is, is his consciousness of the needs of the poor. It was something that uh, is, is an ongoing issue in South America. There are large numbers of people living in, in, in great poverty and, um, and Pope... Pope Francis has shown already his his awareness of the needs of the poor. He himself lived very, very simply. Um, We've seen already his his expressions of wanting to show his solidarity with the poor. So he would come with a very acute conscience concerning the the suffering and difficulties faced by the poor. All those things, I think, are going to find expression in one way or another as his papacy unfolds. Just going back to something that Jovina mentioned earlier, Bishop Porteus, um, this Pope has been the Pope of many firsts, and the same goes with choosing this new name, Francis, because a Pope hasn't really chosen a new name in such a long time. I mean, we had John and Paul, which were two old names, but Pope Francis, what was the significance in choosing Francis? Again, I think this is a very interesting decision uh, to choose this name. I think people immediately were aware that the choice of this name was connected with St. Francis of Assisi, and I think that is correct. And since then, the Pope has said a few things to indicate that it was, in fact, St. Francis of Assisi who inspired him. Interestingly enough, St. Francis of Assisi founded the Franciscans, whether where the new Pope was actually a Jesuit. He didn't choose Ignatius, which is an interesting point. But I think he, he chose it. Firstly, because, um, as, as we said before, he, he, had, he has an acute awareness of the, uh, of the issue of poverty uh, in his own country, in South America, and he um, was aware, as he sought to live his own life, that the need to, to live simply and, and humbly, to be close to the people, something that St. Francis of Assisi uh, himself did. So clearly, that was the inspiration of, of Pope of St. Francis, inspired the name Pope Francis. 
However, there's another dimension to uh, to the life of St. Francis of Assisi that I don't think should be overlooked, and maybe this is also something that is in the mind of our new Pope, and that is Pope uh, St. Francis was given a mission uh, as he prayed before a, uh, a, a an image of the crucified Christ in a broken-down little chapel on the hillside outside Assisi, he heard the words, rebuild my church. And initially he thought that meant physically building the little broken-down chapel where he was praying in. Later he would realise that, that God was going to raise him up to be an instrument of the spiritual regeneration of the church, the evangelising mission of the church, that, that he and the Franciscans after him would be an instrument of God in this in this cause, uh, it's also interesting that um, when he went to Rome to, um, to to try to get the approval of the Pope of the time, Pope Innocent III, that he tried to meet the Pope. The Pope that night had a, a dream whereby a church was falling over, and this man in very uh, plain clothes um, came and, and and saved the church. And, and the Pope realised that, that was uh, Francis that he he'd seen just the day before. And so he understood that uh, that indeed uh, Francis and his work was to be was supported by the Pope, and the Pope very much did that. Um, so I, I think that's another dimension to the uh, the, the work of St Francis of Assisi, and I'm sure that's something that's also very much in the mind of uh, of Pope Francis that he will see his mission also in t- also to be engaged in the great challenge we face at the present moment, and that is to bring a fresh missionary impetus to the church, whereby the church is able to effectively proclaim the gospel and draw people to come to know Christ. And I, th- I think we'll see that expressed in the, um, the work of uh, Pope Francis. All right, Bishop Julian. So well, I think we've already seen, well, I think one of the most predominant things that we know about this new hope already is his love for the poor. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about his thoughts on poverty? I think that's one of the, the defining elements uh, already in the, the ministry of, of uh, Pope Francis. The very fact that, for instance, he uh, he went and visited the, the papal apartments and felt they were far too big for him. And so, and, and also he said he, he'd like to be with others. And so he's now <laughs> staying at Santa Marta, which is a, a guest house in the grounds of the Vatican, normally for some Vatican officials and also for visiting bishops. Um, but he really wanted a simply just lives in a very simple room and he will eat his meals with the other um, uh, people who are, who are staying there, the, the bishops are staying there, the, the members of the Vatican staff who are living there. Um, simple things and all sorts of other things. We know that he rang up to cancel his uh, newspaper um, yes. <laughs> subscription, <laughs> that he... Uh, that um, he's he's done a number of other things. He caught the bus back rather than get a, a, a special car to take him back to pick up his things. He paid his bill at the at Santa Marta. All these very they're very simple things, but he's making a very clear declaration. Say, look, the Pope doesn't want to have be anything special. He wants to live humbly and simply. It's a beautiful testament to uh, to that spirit of of poverty and simplicity that marks has marked his own life and will, I think, will very much mark his papacy. However, he's already spoken about the fact that there are two dimensions of, of uh, poverty. 
this is something very much that Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to speak about. There is the material poverty uh, that he would be very aware of from South America, but he also knows that there's also a spirit, spiritual poverty when people don't have a quality of, of inner spiritual life, a quality of moral life, and he's already spoken about that. I think we'll see him wanting to not only show solidarity with those who are materially poor, but he'll also want to help to eradicate, if you like, spiritual poverty, which he sees in, in the world today. So I think we just need to wait to see how that will unfold. But I think he will also be very conscious of that dimension of spiritual poverty as well as material poverty. So would you say, Bishop, that he has an agenda or is there an agenda at all? Look, I, I certainly think there is. I, I certainly think that he will, he will come to the papacy with uh, a clear sense of, of a mission, of tasks that he wants to engage himself with. I think he will, like anybody who's coming to a new position, he'll need a bit of time just to find his way, to, to, uh, to, to get uh, things sorted out. And so we'll need to wait for a little while to see exactly what will be his, his particular programs, his particular uh, works uh, for the church. So it's a bit of an unknown just yet, but I feel confident we're going to see in time some very clear, very decisive leadership from Pope Francis. I, I think he already is bringing a freshness uh, to, to the papacy. I think we'll see a freshness in his um, uh, response to various issues and challenges that the church faced at this time of history. I think we're really blessed. I think we've got uh, a man who God will inspire and lead uh, in such a way that, that we'll see the church very much strengthened through his papacy. Sounds exciting. It does sound exciting. Thank you for sharing this time with us and your thoughts on our new Holy Father, yeah. Bishop. And um, may I say very earnestly, viva il Papa. Yeah, viva il Papa. For a few thoughts uh, to you, um, we've all been uh, very much captivated by our new Pope, Pope Francis, and uh, we've just been speaking about some of the qualities um, of his character and background and, and so on. One of the other things that's always very interesting uh, about indeed any bishop and, and also a Pope is the fact that a, a Pope has a motto and uh, Normally the choice of a motto is, is, is something which is taken seriously in the sense that it is some reflection of uh, the spiritual vision of, uh, of the particular person. So what is the motto of Pope Francis? Are you, are you, have you heard of the motto that he's chosen? I haven't. I could take a shot in the dark and say, feed my sheep or let my people go, something like that. No, no, completely wrong. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> nice try. No, no. Uh, it, it's, it's a rather uh, interesting motto in, in that um, in, in Latin, firstly, he's, uh, in the Latin language, it is miserando atque eligendo. Now, they're not even very commonly known or used words, let alone um, a text that would be immediately come to mind for people. 
the best way to, it's difficult to translate it neatly. It's the way it's normally translated into English is lowly but chosen. And this, mm-hmm. this was actually not the motto that he chose specifically as Pope, but it's actually the motto that he used when he became Archbishop of Buenos Aires. Now, the interesting thing is that um, this particular motto is taken from a homily given by St. Bede, who comes from England, um, a homily which he gave on the calling of St. Matthew in St. Matthew's Gospel. Uh, St. Bede in the homily says, uh, uh, Jesus saw him, saw Matthew, uh, through the eyes of mercy and chose him. So that was the the actual text that was the source of this um, of this motto, but it is an unusual motto. But of course, we see immediately very reflective of the um, of the spirituality of Pope Francis. That mm-hmm. it uh, it lowly this whole sense of humility of simplicity, but chosen that uh, that he's been called by God. So I think as he steps into the role of being Pope, he says, "Look, I'm lowly." I'm humble, I'm simple, but I realise I've been chosen. So it's a quite lovely motto, wow. in, in a way, by uh, by the Pope. It's very nice. No wonder I didn't get it. You know? It's not one that's easy to uh, to understand. Well, thank you very much for reflecting on that. May we all keep in mind that lowly but chosen humility of Pope Francis and seek to emulate it ourselves. Thanks, Bishop Julian. Thank you. You've been listening to Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous. For more episodes, visit radio.com.